Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Hey, this is Eric from the Acme Army podcast from northern Wisconsin. We're hanging out with the Packers Without Borders boys, Matt and Bruce. Welcome to Packers Without Borders. I am your frozen co-host up here in Oak Bank, Manitoba, Canada. Frozen Bank, Manitoba, Canada. I am joined, as always, by my good buddy down in El Paso, Texas, Bruce Edmonds. How you doing, Bruce? I am uh, uh, today on a saturated Saturday. Um is it raining? <laughs> no. It's, oh. It was Thirsty Thursday, then Feisty oh. Friday. Coin today, Saturated Saturday. I don't know what Saturated Saturday. All right. Okay. I see um, uh, the, the uh, Twitter, uh, Packers Twitter verse has uh, completely exploded. I uh, don't want to spend too much time on it because I don't want the uh, person responsible to get any fame or any time on the show because of it. But uh, one person called out another person. And before you know it, the Packers ladies rallied and then Bruce got in there. I even got in there. That was, that was, that was like, that, that pick was like 15 years ago. (laughs) No, 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 no. That was like 2007 or eight, somewhere in there, maybe 2009, something like that. Sort of. I mean, I got a little bit more of a chin happening here. I think that's because of everything I have to say. I need more luggage. But uh, other than that, you know, uh, and then, uh, of course, you uh, uh, had to break the Internet with your Kim Kardashian. uh, Check out my six pack. I'm a dad, but uh, I'm also a model. The thing that got me (laughs) the best, the thing that made me laugh the most was that you were still wearing that gold bracelet it was beautiful it was like you had just come out of the shower you know and you're like no no baby the gold never leaves this body <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> you know okay so i'm sure you put it on after you got out of the shower right here's but, the, no i never take it off so really oh I still have okay it. all right what it is and this is where i'm a very is a person who wears this bracelet would never do what i did <laughs> But this is a Fisher of Men bracelet for, um, it, it's basically a bunch of fish hooks, but it's oh, made out of silver. So it's like just, it, it's, but the idea is that you're a Fisher of Men. It's, it's a spiritual retreat that I did four or five years ago that kind of helped my life turn around, you know, kind of thing, find God. And here's a guy with the God bracelet on <laughs> Twitter. What would Jesus do? Well, he would post a picture of himself in a towel. <laughs> <laughs> bathroom did you did your wife see it oh i showed it no well she hasn't seen the post she's seen the video but she hasn't seen the post but she's not on twitter so we're okay hopefully she doesn't listen to this broadcast (laughs) i'm gonna ask her specifically not to listen yeah don't listen to this one today no reason (laughs) no reason oh so we had another uh, um episode let's call it of uh rogers bashing where now uh, Boomer Sison has gotten into the mix. Uh, apparently, uh, he now now they're saying, "Oh, oh, it was just a prank. It was just a prank." That's what happens when you get called out like that and you look like a fucking dummy. Then you start going, "Oh, I was just joking. I was just joking." No, you weren't. You put that on your broadcast. You put that on your show. You stood behind it. You said it was true. You said it happened. And guess what? It did not happen. Aaron Rodgers is not not boycotting. The Super Bowl. And I said it immediately. I said, you mean to tell me after all the offseason, after all the it's about the people, it's not about the money. After bring me Cobb, 
after all of this that's gone on, the one pinnacle that he has been criticized the most about is winning another Super Bowl. He's going to take the team to the Super Bowl and then leave 52 other players high and dry and give a big screw you to all the fans. Like I was like, he'd never be able to come into Wisconsin again. If he if his plane flies over Wisconsin, he should be worried. Like, there's no way he would do something like that. Of course, he came out almost immediately and said, complete trash and garbage. He's not going to boycott the, the Super Bowl, right? Told Jordan Love to be ready. We're like a month away from it. Jordan Love, be ready. Something might happen in a month. Get the fuck out of here. This you know is what, ridiculous. You know, it's just clickbait. It's it's gotten to the point now where, you know, I, I was listening to a couple of podcasts. Obviously, you know, I, I do listen to Pack Daddy every day. He's got some really good insight, just in terms of just because he thinks a lot like I do and like you do in terms of perspective, right? You need to put things in perspective, and the problem is that packers fans and packers twitter and maybe even ig i don't know i mean i'm only on packers twitter right but we are a very yeah. reactive bunch that provides a lot of clicks and a lot of traffic when you say something outlandish um and these guys are getting along their their careers are moving along because of these types of comments like i had to be honest with you i had forgotten boomer Esaias and was even on fucking tv anymore like that that's and i'm being yeah. totally sincere these guys that that are on TV, that have these press passes, that have this clout about them, that think they have the right to say this type of shit, dude, is just, it's, it's gotten to the point this year where as much as Rogers is wrong on whatever it is that he's doing, it, it's almost like when you're kids, right? Let, let, let's compare it to our kids where you don't want them to lie. You don't want them to do this type of stuff. They're going to fuck up, right? So Rogers fucked up. But the problem is that you justify his incorrect actions and what he did wrong by doing something worse where it diverts the attention of what it is that Rodgers did wrong, which was basically lie to the media and lie to us. He didn't lie to his teammates. We've talked about this in the past, but it's like with your kids, like you catch them doing something, you know, they did it. Yeah. You approach them about it and you give them an opportunity to come clean and they don't. And that's when it becomes a problem. So now the lie is what actually is worse than the actual action itself, right? Like, yeah, you broke a glass. Who cares? It's a fucking glass that you broke or you left a mess on the floor and you didn't pick it up. Who cares? It doesn't yeah. matter. The lie related to that. And this is kind of the pattern that Rogers has been dealing with all season, man. Like he lied. He did something. He came out. Yep. And finally, same thing. He got called out on something and then it was immunization versus that, whatever, doesn't matter. But he came clean. Everybody, you know, they did their investigation. They did everything. Everything's fine. But since that point in the off season where he was the drama and leading into the season and then the unvaccinated, vaccinated status and all this, the problem is everybody hitching their, their wagon to this, like this hub arkish motherfucker fucking yeah. total douchebag and then other people coming out this other guy ben who's also part of that same network that backed yeah. up also you know all these people backing it up is just showing light to the fact that yeah he did something wrong but it has nothing to do with what you're doing wrong right the line now now boomers lying to the media you did exactly what rogers did and you're yeah. lying to everyone and it's yeah. bad because it's just it's spewing hate and lies and the media has turned into that this year in particular against Aaron Rodgers why don't we see anything about the dude that beat his wife in the car right remember for the for the Raiders or Ravens whoever it was and then Ruggs gets in a car drives 156 miles an hour and kills somebody that guy we don't hear anything about anymore like it was a blip on the screen right that that happened well and another now, one of their players another one of their players just the other day got another DUI Another one of their players, nothing. It, 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 so it's this fun house guy. I got into it a little bit with him last night because he's, he's, he's the one he's running the show. He's got boomer on there. He perpetuates this. He keeps it going. And then instead of retracting it or taking it down because it's a lie, he says reading between the lines here, but Aaron seems to be refuting this report. And that was after Aaron came out, like what a bunch of freaking morons. This is just so stupid. And I said to him, but you got your clicks, right? I mean, fuck journalism and truth when you can just get them clicks. And this is what he says to me. And this is the best part. Okay. This is, this is what they hide behind. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. He goes, LOL, what exactly does clicks do for me, Skippy? I've never made a penny off my Twitter account. Okay. First off, you don't make money off your Twitter account. What you do is you draw attention to your show, right. your business. This is a form of advertising. You are a blue check mark certified, verified. Okay. So you went through the trouble to make sure that you could get this so you could draw more attention to your show. You posted it on your Twitter so that you could draw more attention to your show. You want people to click and dig down. Oh, what did he say? Oh, let me click and watch the show now. That's what it does for you. No, Twitter doesn't pay you, but Twitter draws attention. That's like saying, that's like saying, Bruce, our Packers Without Borders Twitter account has never made us any money. Well, no, that's not true. It draws more people to our podcast. And then those people hear that anchor commercial and we get a couple of pennies. That's how it works. The more people we can draw to our website, to our Facebook, to our whatever, right? We can make more money. That's That's how social media works, right? Do you think these people on Instagram that are posting things about their business are making money right away? They're trying to get you to go to their website. They're trying to draw traffic using social media because it's a free uh, medium to gain more attention, right? Right. I explained to him that it draws more attention to your show, right? Yep. Yep. That's the key. And then the best part is, is that, is, is that, you know, I had said, if your account serves no purpose, then delete the account. Why is it up there? Explain to me why you have the account. It wouldn't respond. Of course not. No, they're done. Right. You proved a point. You wouldn't respond at all. They're done. You proved a point. Yeah. And people need to understand it. You know, the way social media works, nothing is free. If something is free and you're on it is because you are the product. They're making money off of you. The fact that you're bringing in 50 or 60 people to go look at something on Twitter to your space means that at that point now you are the product and that's exactly what he's doing. He's playing into the game of Twitter. Twitter doesn't pay you money. You can ask people now behind these paywalls, right? Like what Kurt Bankert did where he's like, okay, you want to see my content or whatever you can pay, but Twitter doesn't pay. We pay because we are the products. We are the consumers. Twitter's just a, a vehicle, yeah. right? To, ex- yeah. to expand yeah. and contacts. And, you know, it, it, it just, it, you know, oh, uh, what do you mean by truth and journal? Well, you know what? I, I guess the whole concept is, is any advertising is good advertising. Bad, good, doesn't matter. Because now this guy mentions his attention to that show, his attention to all of his shows have gone up exponentially. So he accomplished what he wanted. So I'm going to be the first on here to uh, start the trend too. And I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers uh, calls me every day and he asks me what I have for breakfast. And if I don't eat what he wants for breakfast, then he won't play. Yeah. That's what, that's the rumor I'm going to start. I mean, I I want 300,000 people coming to my podcast and telling me how wrong I am. I mean, it's like Skip Bayless, right? You love to hate the guy. You love to hate the guy. You, you, you ever watch what he says and then you look at the mentions and he's got a million mentions and they're all hate filled. But every time he says something, a million people respond. And that's, well, but he, you know why though? Because he's genuine and he owns it. And that's the thing about social media, the way that you are, the way that I am and the people that we interact with are genuine people, right? Like I am yeah. one, like I, there's no facade. I'm not hiding behind some persona. Like what you get is what you have. And Skip Bayless yeah. is that. He is who yeah. he is. He likes his brand. He doesn't care whether it brings negative or positive attention. It doesn't matter. You're not going to make everybody happy anyway. Like I was talking to my wife when she heard, you know, we were talking about this and I was like, I kind of want to give my opinion, but I don't. Why? Because regardless of what my opinion is with anything, 50% of people are going to agree with me and 50% of people are going to disagree. with me. So there's just no point. Like that's why I prefer to engage in those types of conversations or like COVID, like COVID conversations. We, we, I mean, the people that are sensible all know the right thing to do. The problem is, is that the people that are sensible aren't on social media. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've, you've got a very small amount that are on social media and all the rest of these other yokel folks 
are the ones that are sitting on social media waiting for you to say something like mask up. Oh, don't you like your freedom? You should get vaccinated. Oh, do whatever the government wants to say. Right? Like it doesn't. Yeah. And and the thing is, it feeds whatever it is that you're posting and what you're doing. There's an algorithm behind that. That's going to feed you what you want to listen to because they don't want to connect the opposite of what you're thinking with you, because then that causes conflict and they don't want that. So what they do is if you believe a specific thing, your timeline and your feed are going to be filled with what you believe and what you're looking at, because it's going to help ferment what your beliefs are, right? Like you're going to be looking at the same thing. Like that's that whole sheep mentality that you just referenced right now. It's like, you know, we're Packers fans. So we're going to see Packers content. Like, I don't know why out of the blue, all of a sudden I started getting Seattle and Rams content on my timeline. I was like, what the fuck? I know I put Seattle cheat Hawks on, on the timeline all the time, but, um, so Probably because your phone is listening to you and they know that you're a closet well, we Seahawks know. fan. We already, know. <laughs> we already know the phone listens to us, but well, that's why I keep mentioning being on an Island alone with Charlize Theron, because if Twitter's going to give me what I want, <laughs> you're, you're talking to my phone, right? Please, please phone magic phone. <laughs> yeah and you know a lot of it is that we fall for it though man like with this, yeah oh yeah created the fake account what happens dude it blows up because we do feel not, it's not defensive for us it's defensive against the people that we have on twitter right like you see them attacking somebody that we care about on twitter guess what you're gonna get fucking destroyed at least by me yeah. by you yeah. or at least the group that we know within twitter within our small circle do you ever do you ever notice and I'm not knocking anyone. Yeah. No one specific. I'm not calling anyone out. Do not take this snowflakes as anything other than me making a general observation. Okay. Can, is that the right way to say it now in 2022? General observation. Would you ever notice that whenever you get into, uh, whenever I get into a beef with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody else jumps in. It's almost like they're like, no, no, no. Matt's got it. And, and then meanwhile, they get into a beef and they start tagging and DMing me immediately. Hey, come get this guy. Hey, look at this guy, right? I don't mind helping out. I have a plethora of vocabulary, uh, uh, you know, insults. And, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, I can tear people a new one. But occasionally it'd be nice to be saved. you're the the godfather of trash talk dude i mean we can't handle our own we have to reach out to you to say hey buddy need your help i know and 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 see a lot of what i want to say i can't say anymore because everybody is all fucking snowflakes right and and if you say something you know it's just like that one guy said he said oh i like mandarin oranges and then Twitter response, what, you don't like nectarines? What's wrong with nectarines? Boycotting nectarines, get rid of this guy. It's like I had nothing, right? You got to you got to tiptoe through, and I don't like to tiptoe. I prefer to push shit over and kick it while I go by, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, you, you want to lay there and be a sorry sack of shit? Well, let me tell you, let me tell you what my grandfather used to tell me about guys like you. <laughs> you know but nobody wants to hear that anymore it's you know man, nobody everybody takes it as a personal attack when yeah regardless yeah. here's where i'm going to leave that it's regardless of gender race beliefs whatever yeah. it is, within every one of those whether it's white black asian um catholic protestant it doesn't matter the thing is that you can't generalize that an entire population of people are the way that of what you yeah. see, right like you're going to see bad things regard like there's bad catholics there's bad protestants there's good catholics there's good protestants there's good black people there's bad black people there's, there's good white bad people. everything there's bad everything there's bad everything the generalization of just lumping everybody into one thing is the issue that i see right now where it's like there's there it's just either black or white at this point as opposed there's no gray area there's like yeah. no I can be this, but I can also be this. So it's like, you're that yeah. now you are. It's like, no, that's not. Yeah. I, that's, I'm a that's human, not how it works. Really developed human being that has multiple perspectives that I can bring in. And I see your point and I see your point and I see my point. 
and I don't have to necessarily agree with what you're telling me, but I'm going to respect what you're saying. I just don't necessarily have to agree with you. Yeah. you know? And, but people don't do that. It's just like, okay. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No. So, eh, I mean, it, you know, except for maybe Vikings fans, we can lump those fuckers together. I think we can lump them all together. There's, it's just silent now. Well, I was trying to think. There's, there's one Viking fan that I have on Twitter that I follow that follows me. And that dude. Me too. Me too. You know, like I've got one or two. Like there's a couple Bears fans that, that we, you know, that we follow. Bears fans are better. Yeah. Bears fans are better. Bears fans are better. Right. Because Bear fans, we talk trash all week. Game's over. Whether they win or we win, that's kind of the end of it. Yeah. Right. And we, yeah. we go on to the next game where Vikings fans don't stop mm-hmm. and, and they've got nothing better to do. And, and, and you know what? And the mentality, the mentality, it comes directly from the players. And if you don't think so with the Vikings, let me, let me just share a quote. Okay. Let me just share a quote. Okay. From Justin Jefferson from the Vikings. We should be in the playoffs right now. We should have one of the best records in the league. Okay. You don't. Okay. Like I responded, you didn't make the playoffs. Like I was like, I responded, I understand it's out of frustration. We should be, we should be, we should be, but you didn't. The mentality is, is that you need to take your loss and move forward and get better, not dwell on what is shoulda, coulda. If my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle. If we'd all, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Right. We can't dwell on the ifs and buts. If we really want to get into ifs and buts, okay, we should be 14 and two right now because Crosby missed a couple of field goals against the Vikings and the Vikings won by a last second field goal. We should be undefeated for a thousand years, but that's not what happens, right? I should be a billionaire, but that's not what happens, right? This is real life. And when stuff happens, you need to move forward and keep going. And Viking fans like to dwell and just stay in that rut. And that's why they're forever going to be in that rut. They need to change their mentality, right? It's like Jimmy Graham. Oh, and the Packers, they just want to win the division. In Chicago, we want to win the Super Bowl. It's like, well, you win the division, you go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, you go to the playoffs, which gives you a shot to make it to the Super Bowl. It's one step get- at a time here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you know, we've got the Lions this week and yeah. I've got no Lions fans or mentions in my Twitter feed ever. You can't blame them. You can't blame them. I mean, let's, let's be serious here, right? I want to see the Packers go 14 and three, but at the same time, if the, if the Lions win, I'm good with that too. Those Lions, they fought really hard this year. I mean, Dan Campbell had those guys play every single play like it was their last, even when they were getting blown out by some teams, even when they were eliminated from the playoffs, they were still playing hard. I mean, thank them because they beat the Vikings, right? Thank them. Thank them because they beat a couple of teams that we needed to have lose, right? So I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to raise my beer to the, Detroit Lions, and I'm going to say, you know what? I know your record was was terrible this year, but your team looks pretty good. And if you had a couple of pieces here and there, maybe made a couple of moves here and there, maybe used uh, Jamal Williams a little bit more than zero times, you know, I don't know. You might see some Tim Boyle, Jamal Williams this weekend, you know? That would be great. What what I think is their biggest flaw, and I, I do believe that they're, choice to move on from Stafford just because they needed a fresh start was the right move for that franchise. They just got the wrong quarterback because they have pieces there. I I do believe that their coach as crazy as he sounds is a good coach, man. Like to keep guys motivated through this type of season. And like you said, they always play as hard, dude. I know we blew them out, but it, it wasn't an easy win. I don't anticipate this to be an easy win. I think with, all of what we've been hearing from Lafleur and everybody and Rogers, especially I kind of like, and Adams as well. They've all said the same sentiment. Like this isn't preseason. This is a, this is a regular season game. Like preseason is useless. This is a real game. Like we do not that 
They're competitive. They want to go in with some sort of momentum. And I, again, like I said, last pod, I do think that the amount of time that they're going to be playing the starters is going to be dictated on how hot they come out. They're going to want to have at least one or two really good series, maybe score a touchdown or 10 points, and then they're going to pull everybody. But if not, I have a feeling that Rogers isn't going to want to stop playing. Um, and they're going to play until they feel comfortable enough to where they can take two weeks off. Right. And then come in and not be completely cold with that momentum. And hopefully Matt LaFleur, if he wins this game with Jordan Love playing at least a half, right, at this point, that's where I think he cements his coach of the year status. If we can win this game with Jordan Love and we see him make a change in the game plan to suit Jordan Love so we get a legit look at this guy as opposed to three days practice, stupid fucking COVID protocols in the NFL that kept Rodgers out, right? Where now he would have played that Sunday with these new protocols that they have out. Um, I, I just, I want to see Love succeed. Obviously, we all want to see Love succeed, but I want to see Matt LaFleur succeed with Love. That's what I want to see. This is Soren again coming to you from Sweden, and this is Packers Without Borders with Matt and Bruce. If you like the things that myself and Bruce do on Packers Without Borders, the jokes, the sports, the hilarity, give us a like, give us a subscribe, hit that like, hit that subscribe button. You can, you can even sponsor the show. Just go to iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, any of those platforms where you listen to us and leave a review for us. We love hearing from you guys that way. Appreciate a lot of the reviews and what you've done, but it's going to help us out a lot if you go out there and, and you click like and subscribe on any platform that you listen to. I really appreciate the support, guys. Peace. Go Pack Go. Hey, this is Aaron Alice from Indianapolis, Indiana, and you are listening to Packers Without Borders. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I'd like to see, you know what, I, I'd like to see us use love. Maybe we can trade bait them. Maybe they make a deal. And of course, I'm speculating and, you know, I'm standing over my crystal ball and this crystal ball has been wrong more times than it's right. But maybe he goes out there and he's auditioning for what they can get for him. You know, Matt Flynn going out and getting six touchdowns, you know, and breaking the Packers record is why Seattle wanted him so bad. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe we can maybe we can get love to go out there and look fairly decent, you know, and maybe we can get a second rounder for him or something. You know, there's a handful of teams right now that picked first round quarterbacks that aren't working out. You know, there's a lot of speculation going on in Cleveland right now with Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of talk about Zachariah Wilson. There's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of issues with first round picks, right? I mean, I, I'm not even convinced that uh, Lawrence there in, in, in Jacksonville is the answer, right? I, and we need you know, to be Trey Lance in San Francisco, 50, 50. Yeah. We, we need to be fair. Oh, he's on a terrible team. Yeah. It's not even, a he's on a terrible team. It's which is usually what happens when you're the number one pick. Right. But how much the coach, destroyed that franchise for a year it, it reminds me a lot of when Saban came in uh to Miami right and just quit yeah after a few weeks to go back and just completely left that team in shambles because Ditka did the same thing man I mean Ditka sold the farm for Miami to go get Ricky Williams how did that work out right like these coaches that come in they, they do, they don't understand that one bad year like that really sets back a franchise, which is why the Packers are so conservative with what they do, right? They, they stick to their guns. They do what they do, but that's why we have that long-term success. I mean, dude, look at the Steelers. The Steelers are a clusterfuck and they might still not have a losing season after this type of season where you see them completely falling apart. And guess what? They're still there. I mean, they're, they're going to be a 500 club, but they didn't completely implode. That's all coaching, man. So with these guys, I agree. I, I think Denver is probably um, a good landing spot for, for him, uh, for love. If something happens, it seems like John Elway, even though he's a great quarterback has no business picking a quarterback for his team at this point. Um, but 
I don't it's think possible. It's impossible right. to pick the right one. Well, I mean, Kansas City. I mean, how many times has a team? How many times has a team successfully picked the number one quarterback? Right. I mean, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, John Elway. I mean, and everybody's kind of going, oh, well, there's five, six guys. Yeah, and yet, you know, how many quarterbacks are drafted every year? How many teams draft a quarterback every year, right? So, I just think that with the success over the last I think it, I think it just doesn't convert – I agree. I agree. And I mean, even just, we talk about success in the first round with players in the first place. And then you're talking about the most important position in football and trying to hit on that when you've already had a 50, 50 chance that a first round pick is going to hash out. And then you, you throw in the hardest position to play in the most important position. And it makes it even worse. I think just people are spoiled because they've seen some success from these young guys, right? Like Herbert coming out, that guy um, came out guns blazing, right? You look at Joe Burrow, I mean, he's – had he not been hurt, I think he, he'd be a little bit more of talk in terms of the conversation for the MVP. He's important. Look at, look at the record for Cincinnati and how they're playing when Burrow's behind center and how well he's done. Then you bring in Jamar Chase. Like, you know, I, I think there's some spoiled aspects in terms of how they see these guys and how they perceive them, not understanding how hard it is to actually find a quarterback that's going to be good, and it's not going to be good right out of it's- the gate. Ask the Browns, right? Ask the Lions, right? Ask, I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. You know, the, the only way that you know that you know if you've got a good quarterback is when you grab a free agent that was a good quarterback. And even then, I mean, look at Nick Foles, right? Mm-hmm. Look at Andy Dalton. Look at uh, Fitzpatrick. Look at, you know, like there's a handful of these guys that are like journeymen who take their lunchbox from team to team to team. The quarterback is one of the most most important positions, and it's probably the most difficult, right? I mean, uh, uh, Steve Mariucci said it best. He said, how many people are on the planet? Almost 9 billion. And what have we got? 10 quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's difficult. It's extremely difficult. Every year, hundreds of quarterbacks are, are able to, uh, you know, enter the draft. And every year, only a little bit get drafted. And then even from there, even less play. So here's a question for you, man. And, and this kind of happened to me with my rugby days and those things, you know, the, the scouts and the players and all these things have these metrics and these specific things that quote unquote are going to project success for a player, right? How many players do you believe from these smaller colleges or other places that don't get the notoriety that these other larger colleges do? And I understand maybe they don't fit the mold of like an sec team or something like that but the fact that the criteria for a quarterback is so specific like if you don't hit basically 6 to 220 your hand is less than 11 inches like those things to me sound very stupid just because i understand their predictors for what success means for a quarterback but or just any position in general but how many quarterbacks do you believe have just kind of gone by the wayside because they haven't had an opportunity, yeah. right? Because there's just very specific things. So I think there's more quarterbacks out there. I think the way that they select them is flawed, just in general. You know, like you have these principles of what you try. I to think do. selecting exactly. I think selecting that quarterback before you have an O line, before you have a defense, before you have a running game. I think that's your big mistake because then you're putting the quarterback who you think is going to be the guy into a situation where he's got no protection, no run game, and the defense won't help him at all. I mean, just like Lawrence in Jacksonville, right? Mm -hmm. We know you need a quarterback, just like Detroit. Look at Detroit, right? Detroit gets rid of Stafford. They get themselves a first-round pick, a couple of picks for Stafford, right? Now in this year's draft, they're going to have the number two pick, and they're going to have a handful of other, you know, uh, 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 picks because of the trades. And they're going to be able to now select that quarterback place that quarterback behind Goff or behind Boyle or whoever. They've got a pretty good O-line. They have a bit of a run game that, you know, is only going to get better with time. And their defense is really starting to come together. They select 
in the rest of the draft, maybe a couple more players here and there, you know, add to the defense, add a little bit to their run game, or maybe another wide receiver. And then you wait a year and plug that quarterback in, then you're ready to go. But when you got Jacksonville going, yeah, we're just a leaky boat. There's leaks everywhere. Grab the best quarterback we can and stick him in there. That's not what's going to turn it around. I mean, take a good look at the Packers. As much as we go, you know, the Packers would only be 10 and 6 or 11 and 6 or whatever for the season with without Aaron Rodgers. True. But Jordan Love would go in there with a really good line, a really good run game, two really good wide receivers, uh, Tanyan, if he was healthy, right? A great tight end to have to throw to. Then you look on the back end, the defense, the defense is stacked. Like he's got nothing but opportunity to win. Right. Look at Aaron Rodgers steps into the Packers. The Packers had just gone to the NFC championship game. And what did he do his first year? They didn't make the playoffs the first year as he struggled. That team with Brett Favre went to the NFC championship game, one interception away from going to the Super Bowl. And, and he couldn't get it going right away. And then they grab these guys right off the right out of college and they throw them into a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars or somebody who's just terrible completely terrible and they go come on man make magic yeah that's you know it, man you, you have my brain kind of swimming a little bit right now with that. <laughs> because it's exactly what it is and we're going to talk about this again right the fact that the Packers take the time to sit a player for a few years and let him develop through the process of the team through everything that the Packers do to get them ready for a start. I mean, you talk about Jordan, again, going back to that Kansas city game, it was 17, 13, dude, we had a chance to win that game. We were down half of our O-line. We were already at that point already. Yeah. We had no wide receivers yeah. going to secondary and third wide receivers. Aaron Jones was out of that game. I know AJ Dillon was really good, but he did not have the pieces that he needed. And we still almost won that game. Why? Because yeah. we lost him talking about health, dude, looks like box going to play. No Jair, just as I thought. He yeah. does, he's up to game speed. Yeah. That's that's not an issue. And those of you that go, oh, no, game speed, it's different with a quarterback, cornerback. It's completely different from a quarterback. It's not like Bakhtiari, who needs to get those reps. He needs to get into game speed. He needs to have some 300-pound man trying to kill him. Yeah. Jair doesn't need that. Jair is fast enough. Jair is smart enough. He's pro bowl enough. He's elite enough. He needs to make sure that shoulder. And you know what? It's this week, another bye week. And then he plays three more weeks because that shoulder will be and good to already, go. And I'm willing Carusi to bet on that, that shoulder three no, more weeks from yeah. now. Carusi said that already said it makes no sense to start him. And that's kind of the sentiment of what they've said that there's no point in playing him now when they have to rest two weeks, just give him the two more weeks rest and then he'll be ready for the playoffs. And that that's, you yeah. said that, or that's what you said you were anticipating they were going to do. I didn't think we were going to see Bach maybe for just, I thought we were going to hold off on Bach as well. But like you said, he needs to get some reps in. It's probably going to be with the ones, right? Just like we're talking about with this preseason game where there's going to be a point where he's going to play at least a series or two or three to just get his feet under him. And then they're going to pull him out, dude. Aaron Jones, they should not give one single handoff or touch. His knee is still kind of bothering him a little bit. Give it to AJ Dillon. Give it to Love. Um, let's see some Bach in there, right? Because our offensive line, if we lose one more dude, what are we going to do, man? Like, we we can't – we don't have any depth there anymore. That's the problem. Well, Myers is going to come back apparently too. I hope so. Myers apparently ready to go too. So now yeah. we got Myers and Bach and we got Billy Turner that's kind of sitting on the sidelines. Like, does he need another week? Are we going to wait for the first round of the playoffs? Because you imagine adding Turner, Bach and Myers mm. to our O-line mm. and then adding Jair on the back end. Now mm. Zadarius, I don't see pads on Zadarius yet. And no. that, that's disappointing. Pads on Zadarius means that he's a couple of weeks away. No pads means he is a month away and not seeing him in any pads. And I know you're going to say, oh, he needs, he doesn't need game speed, just like Jair. No, no, no. He needs game speed. He needs to get in there because he has to work on another man at full speed. Right. Right. He's not running with a guy side by side and trying to match. Right. He's not yeah. doing that. He's leaning on somebody. He's, he's got to test that back. 
just like Bakhtiari's got to test that knee, just like Myers has got to test that knee. We got to find out if it's going to work or not. And we'd rather find out against the Lions than in the first round of the playoffs. Right. And aren't you hoping, I mean, a lot of this, <laughs> I was, when, when we saw Z at the beginning of the year, when he played that game, he played a couple snaps and then he was done. And during, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, if we just get him in as a rotational player here and there every once in a while, the problem is with the back, you can't do that. You're either full go or you can just, at this point, you can, you can injure somebody and end their career, right? I mean, this is a back. This is something where if he's not 100% yeah. right, yeah. because it's never going to be 100% right, and the Packers aren't going to do that to him. So I don't anticipate Z. I was not anticipating Myers back because there was no news on that guy for weeks, dude. There was nothing I could find on him. And all of a sudden this week pops up, oh, he's good. He's practicing. He's in pads. He's, in, he's running with the ones. It's like, what the fuck? Wow. I mean, because I was, again, like I said, I think it was two pods ago, I was worried about – him um just being one of those injury prone super successful you know very not successful guys but a guy that shows a lot of promise stepped right into the role and did it but then hurt and then he hurt something that had nothing to do with the original injury while he was coming back and i was like i hope he's not one of those guys and here's what we're going to see man let's see if he can come back and play. Yeah. He's a legit center man and Lindsay is doing well like we've got now we've got some pieces that if we lose somebody right we've got a little bit of depth in that O-line because they're gelling. And again, I, I don't want to change what we have with the O-line, but obviously Bakhtiari is going to improve that. And we'll be able to bring guys back to their natural positions a little more because that's what we're going to need. I mean, the last two NFC championship games we lost, I'm going to attribute to small mental mistakes and not showing up in the big games, which has always been frustrating. That's why these losses have been so hard for us, but it has been, we lost Bach last year and the year before had to do with, they ran all over us. Right. I mean, it was our defensive line, offensive line, those two games we lost in the trenches and they're going to be critical for us to actually make it to the super bowl and win it this year. Predictions against the lions. I, I'm sticking to it, man. 21, 13, we're going to win. 21, 13. I think if they play the whole game, yeah, we'll, we'll win it. I would be surprised if I saw most of the starters out there for the second half. I think the first half is what we'll see all of the starters. The second half, maybe the defense will have most of their guys out there, but they'll take a few key guys out. I mean, as much as they say, we want to be 14 and three, and that would be good. I'd much rather that you be healthy going into week, you know, the first week of the playoffs. We've uh, knock on wood. We've not had uh, good success uh, with injuries this right. year. We've had quite a few, and I'd like them to be just a little more cautious. At the same time, what the fuck do I know, yeah. right? I mean, I thought Bakhtiari was back week one. I thought, you know, Jair was completely done for the year. I don't, you know, I, yeah, ask Amy. Amy knows. <laughs> the transactions that we've had since our the since we last played okay so obviously and, and i'm going to give it a little shout out to david moore i was just kind of digging into number 82's just i was curious to see because we put somebody back there to return punt so on the year we had had 176 return yards total in with amari rogers back there or right up up to now yeah. 33 of those yards, 20% of those yards came in one game by David Moore last week. So it shows you one game. He had 20% of the return yards for the entire season over Amari Rogers. So Amari Rogers has had 143 yards and this dude had 33 yards in one game. So just a little bit of a shout out. Cause you know, obviously they moved him from the practice squad onto the active roster. That was something we saw last week, but you know, we've got Cole Van Lannan, um, He's been added to the practice squad, right, over the last week. Um, Savage was placed on the COVID list. Um, so we need – He was he was taken back off. He was taken yeah. back off the list. So, it, it, he's vaccinated, so it was one of those two days, right. two negatives, and he can go back or something like yeah. that. He was I don't know the rules. They change yeah. him every week. Yeah, he was <laughs> A lot yeah. of what we're bringing in, we've got a guard, Dietzen. You remember Dietzen from the practice squad? I mean, and then we've got Staley. And I don't – practice squad, D-E-L. Oh, so he was delegated to the practice squad. But Kelly, offensive tackle, was reinstated. 
Eldon Jenkins was reinstated, which is interesting to me, um, which means what? Is he going to be coming back for the playoffs at some point? Because there was a deadline for Saturday for today to reinstate players if you expect them to play, right? This was the last. Was it Jenkins? Because it, I thought Jenkins had an uh, ACL tear. It says right here, Eldon Jenkins reinstated offensive tackle. So Billy Turner, obviously, you know, and then Rogers was reinstated. Uh, Kiki reinstated Staley practice squad add uh, Staley is a defensive back. And then we know with the kicking woes that we had with, uh, with our boy Bojorquez last week, they actually brought uh, Molson onto the practice squad. So I'm sure they brought him in to just kind of feel him out during practice. All of these ads and what I'm talking about is not that they're on the 53, it's just they're practicing with the team, right? So they're taking a look at these guys and it's a lot of linebackers. It's a lot of defensive ends, a lot of offensive tackles. That's what they're bringing in from the practice squad, which makes perfect sense, right? We need to have that depth moving into the playoffs of who they're going to determine is going to be on those rosters every week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's about that time. It is. Once again, always a pleasure, buddy. Looks like uh, Packers are going to beat the uh, Lions this weekend. We're going to be 14-3, and three, and then we're going to have a couple of weeks sitting around. Hopefully uh, that, that troll disappears. I know he's probably been reported 101 times. I don't understand how you're able to. I mean, you and I were trying to set up a Twitter account for Packers without borders. And we had the most difficult time proving that it, we were actually human beings. Right. And yet this guy is pumping them out every two, three minutes. Yeah. It's crazy. Weird. It's what are you going to do? It is what it is. He's a fucking, ah, go fuck your fuck hat. Him. Go fuck your hat. That's my, that's my favorite saying. Go fuck your hat. I've been saying that lately and people are like, where the fuck did you get that from? Like, oh, <laughs> it's Canadian. It's a Canadian thing. You're Canadian? Nope. It's Canadian. It's Canadian. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. I'm Jonathan Reese Myers. And you're a UFC fighter. Yeah. And apparently also. Yeah, I'm a UFC fighter. Keith the Chuck as well. Keith the Chuck. I'm a busy guy. I got many hats. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so go out and right up, brother. Twitter, please. Shout out to everybody. Yeah. Defend that on Twitter. Every now and then. It's okay. You know what you could do? And this is the easiest thing too, is just like what I said. Because when a guy sees that there's 10, 12 likes after I burned him, they back out yeah. and they leave it alone. Instead, when he sees that it's just me and him and people, you know, a lot of people, they just back up. And, and I do it too. I know you do it too. You see some arguing and whatnot and you go, you know what? I'm not going to be part of any of this until somebody drags me in. I'm just going to screw whole past yep. right there is a point in life where you have to understand that there's a whole bunch of shit that you have to deal with there's a whole bunch of shit that you don't have to deal with and let me tell you brother don't get involved in this shit that you don't have to deal with yeah and you know matt's life you know to add on to that dude like we have regular lives like our lives aren't on twitter and a lot of times like i try to get involved but a lot of times what happens is when you do it does take up an hour or two or all of a sudden it's like a full day of yeah. having to go back and check because once you're in you can't back out dude. like you need to like follow through because yeah. that's like i can't just all of a sudden like yeah and then back off so if i get involved it just takes a lot of time and my wife already you know it's like dude you're always on fucking twitter so i, I need to yeah you know pick my yeah battle. exactly pick your battles lesson for today episode 57 57 right on brother you take care peace everybody take care Go buddy. Paco. this has been packers without borders try and be kind to one another try and love each other and go pack go esto ha sido empacadores sin fronteras no se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros hasta luego Okay, that's me on your cup there. That's James. Apparently, I, that's all I was told. Like when I was in high school, and that oh, it's James Dean, James Dean. I never saw the resemblance. You ever, you ever been told that you look like somebody, and then you see that person, and you're like, that's not, that doesn't look like me at all. There's like a UFC fighter. I had this guy come to my house one time to do work on my roof, right? And the guy comes to the door, and the whole time he's looking at me like kind of coy, and I'm thinking. 
do I know this guy? Who is this guy? Right. And he goes, Hey, uh, do you think you could just sign my uh, quote book? And I said, for what? And he goes, aren't you UFC fighter so-and-so? And I said, no. And he goes, yeah, no, it's okay. I won't tell anyone. I said, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I barely watch UFC, let alone participate. And the guy left and he was like, yeah, that's you. And then when I Googled who it was, I'm like, my wife and I were like, I don't look like that guy at all. <laughs> I've had two really crazy instances. The first one was when the Tudors was really famous, the series, the Tudors. So Jonathan okay. Myers, um, the, one of the head actors in that thing. I mean, I had to look him up because I couldn't fucking remember his name, but uh, I would go to Austin every Wednesday do you know i was on a bunch of like committees for the state and stuff so i would fly to austin on wednesdays fly back on fridays or whatever and apparently they were shooting the tutors in austin all the time so i would be sitting at the airport to head home and i did this for probably a year matt and at least 10 times at the airport i would get like little side glances side glances and people would stare at me and point at me and point at me and i'm like what the fuck you know, it was kind of awkward. It's like, why the fuck are these people looking at me? Like, dude, my fly down dead. Like, you know, like what the fuck's going on? And finally, these yeah. girls come up to me, like <laughs> three or four girls come up to me and they're like, can we have your autograph? And I was just like, yeah. And I just, you know, I signed Bruce Edmonds on and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're like, aren't you, aren't you Jonathan Reese Myers? And I was like, who the fuck is Jonathan Reese Myers? They're like, from the tutors oh no we know you are you're just saying you're not him so we don't bother you and yeah but it happened over and over and over again until finally like i told my wife i was like dude this has been happening and she's like and she kind of looked at it and she's like and she saw that she's like the pictures don't do it but on the actual show itself she's like you actually do kind of look like him i was like okay whatever happened to me all it was weird man like all the time really and that's it, crazy. I was I was in a bar one time with a buddy of mine and we were playing VLTs. Do you guys have VLTs in uh, Texas? Do you know what those are? Like the video terminal lottery. You put the coins in and you can play poker. They've got them in some gas station. Spin the wheel. It's like a slot machine. Yeah. Okay. It's like a slot machine. Uh, up here, up here in Canada, you'll see when you're here. They got them in every bar, right? And you put a buck in, you can play a couple of rounds or whatever. I, I used to play when I bartended on my breaks downstairs in the bar that had a whole bunch of them. And I'd put in like three bucks. And when I won 10, I'd cash out. Yeah. And everybody's like, why don't you keep playing? I'm like, I just turned three bucks into 10. Like, I'm yeah. good, right? Like this just paid for my cab ride home. So uh, uh, one day, me and a buddy of mine, Chad, were in, uh, uh, it was the Dakota Inn. We were in a bar and he's sitting at the VLTs and I'm kind of standing there watching him play. Like we're killing an hour or whatever. Right. I'm sipping on a beer. He's sipping on a beer. And this drunk guy walks up to me and he goes, Holy shit. I knew it was you. And I'm like, like I'm prepared for a fight. Like I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Like, here we go. Let me get my buddy. And he takes off. Yeah. Like, did I sleep with this guy's sister or something? Like what happened? So then my buddy, Chad, he goes, should we be getting out of here? And I'm like, I've never seen that guy before in my life. And he goes, what about the other guy? I'm like, I've never seen that guy either. I, I don't know. He goes, okay, let's just chill out and see what's going on. Right. We were quite a bit bigger than them. So it was kind of one of those, let's see what's happening. Right. right. And so the guy walks over to me and his buddy goes, his buddy goes, holy shit, it is him. And they're like, listen, can we have your autograph? And I said, autograph and he's like i know you're trying to play it cool i know you know you're trying to you, you you're trying to be incognito because you're in a place like this he says but you know I, I i really want your autograph and i go all right who should i make it out to and he goes uh he goes just just make it out to rob just make it out to rob and i go all right so i go to rob and then i just i just make some circles <laughs> like, you know, right? like, like, uh, circle 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 period and i hand it to him and he goes holy crap i can't wait until everybody sees this i met keith to chuck <laughs> do you know who that is 
he used to play for the Jets way back in the day. He was a power forward. He went on to play like, uh, you know, for the Blues, a handful of other teams. Now his kids all play in the, uh, his kids all play in the, uh, in the uh, NHL. But this guy was so convinced it was Keith, that I was Keith to Chuck. My buddy Chad was saying, that's not Keith, that's Matt. And the guy was like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, I'll play along. He says, let me get you some beers. The guy, the guy probably spent a hundred bucks on us on beers. And the whole night we kept telling him, I'm not Keith to Chuck. <laughs> And it didn't matter. He was yeah. dead set, right? His buddy at the end of the night, can we get a picture? I'm like, sure, yeah. And he's like, I like your Packer hat. Is that so you're incognito? And I'm like, again, not Keith to Chuck. <laughs> guy takes a picture. We were just laughing on the way home. We were like, wait till that guy sobers up. Shows his friend that picture, and his friend's like, that's not Keith to Chuck. <laughs> of course not. Yeah, Keith, Keith to Chuck played with the, the Blackhawks for some time. Yeah, right? yeah he yeah yeah right just oh that was that was awesome free beers That's this, what that... is, this is the worst one all right man okay look you already know that i am five nine buck 76 soaking wet you know like i i don't know man i saw that video of yours there looking pretty buff yeah. holy smoke over a thousand views you know and this is my question to you okay yeah. How many men masturbated to that video, do you think? Shut up, dude. I, got, <laughs> I, I did get some. I, I As soon as I posted it, and I had to think about it, because I knew I was getting, dude, I had DMs that were just like, oh, fuck, I entered the mat world. <laughs> Tell a dick joke that a million people read, and then see what happens to your DMs. I just show a little trail treasure, you know. and <laughs> Treasure trail. <laughs> treasure trail, and this is what you get. But... So I've just been terrible with Aaron Rodgers <laughs> twice. Explain to me how you believe that I am Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, I get it when I have a hat. And, you know, when I was younger, I kind of had a little bit of it. But we were at the first game that I ever went to um, was the Cowboys and the Browns. And the reason I went to that game in Dallas and it was when Matt Flynn was playing, you know, Rogers was hurt. So he was out, blah, blah, blah. And we were going to play the Cowboys like later on that season, right? Like whatever it was, whenever Matt Flynn stepped in and had the greatest comeback that I've ever been at like that year. Right. Um, yeah. And I'm tailgating yeah. and I'm getting fucked up, dude. And I'm all dressed up. My wife is dressed up and we're walking up to the game and I've got my Rogers Jersey on, of course. Right. It doesn't matter what game you show up to. I'm going to show my pride. Yeah. Like I, you know, and all of a sudden, dude, I just people start saying, hey, that's Aaron Rodgers. That's Aaron Rodgers. And I look around and next thing you know, dude, my wife can vouch for this, dude. People were taking pictures with me. People were posing with me. Even Packer fans that were there it was random. Like there were a couple Packer fans there too. And they were all taking pictures with me. And I literally told them, I was like, do you honestly believe that Aaron Rodgers would be at a Cowboys Browns game in the middle of the season, drunk as fuck with the Jersey on going to a Cowboys game? And they're like, Oh, we know you're just scouting or something because you're not playing right now. And I'm just like, I'm five, nine. Why would he wear the Jersey? I don't know. Why would he wear the jersey? That would be my first clue. Why is he wearing the jersey out when he's got nothing better to wear today? <laughs> I'm going to try to find those pictures because I know my wife, you know, has those pictures somewhere where she took some pictures too of me getting pictures with people and signing autographs in front of AT&T Stadium thinking that I was Aaron Rodgers. Same thing happened Terrible. to me at a Lowe's in El Paso. Again, I'm standing in line at the customer service line to return something at Lowe's in El Paso, Texas. Now this time I'm not dressed as I had a Packer hat on, but I wasn't dressed. You know, I didn't have any jerseys on or anything. And the dad behind me and the son, and you hear the little kiddo say, dad, that's Aaron Rodgers." And he's like, no, he wouldn't be in El Paso. Well, maybe he would, I don't know. And he, and I could hear him talking there. Like, why don't you ask him? He's like, are you Aaron Rodgers?" I was like, Kiddo, do you honestly believe that Aaron Rodgers would be at a Lowe's in El Paso? And yeah. he's like, well, you look just like him. I think, what, do you have a house here just because it's cold up in Green Bay? Can, can I get your autograph? And I was like, he's from California. Okay. And I was like, okay. So I stand there and 
I sign it and I was like, who I like you, who do I make it out to? Right. So I just played along with the kid. Cause he was super, he was real young, dude. He was like probably six or seven years old, really excited. So I signed, I signed something for him and I signed it, you know, I just scribbled like you, like I scribbled, I didn't put Aaron yeah. Rodgers on there. I just scribbled something on there and he got super excited. And the dad's like, man, I really appreciate you doing this for my kid. I was like, dude, I'm not Aaron Rodgers. Like yeah. why would, and I repeat, I was like, why would Aaron Rodgers be in a Lowe's in El Paso, Texas? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know, but I really appreciate it. And I was like, what the fuck? It was so weird, stupid, man. Stupid, stupid people. All right. <laughs> let's get this thing going. <laughs>